0: This is Talking Urology. I'm Joseph Iskia and I'm talking with Lisa Horvath, who's from the Chris O'Brien Lifehouse and she was one of the best of the best orals, one of the best uh, research proposals put forward to ANZUP this year and we've got her along to talk about her study which was a distinct plasma lipid signature associated with poor prognosis in castration-resistant prostate cancer. Welcome Lisa, can you tell us a little bit about your study?
1: Thank you very much. Um, So this is really a study that looks at the host Lots of studies look at the cancer but the cancer lives in a body and that body interacts with the cancer interacts with the treatment and is terribly important. So what we were really looking at is what does the what does the man's body lipid profile metabolic factors how do they affect the patient's outcome from from their advanced prostate cancer.
0: Okay. And what did you find like what did how were you able to separate men into good and bad prognostic
1: so we looked at a group of men who with castrate resistant prostate cancer with metastatic disease primarily bony disease and we took a blood test from them before they started docetaxel chemotherapy Um, and what we then did is we looked at over 300 lipid species and we looked at how the levels of those lipids um, might predict for a person's subsequent outcome. And what we found is that a group of lipids, in particular called the sphingolipids, um, which affect inflammation and affect cancer cell proliferation and cancer cancer cell death, they were upregulated, so if they were high in those, pers- in those patients' um, plasma, then the patients lived for a much shorter time period. And we're talking about the difference between a median survival of 11 months if the sphingolipid levels were high versus 22 months if the sphingolipid levels were normal.
0: And this was independent of any other factor in these men, wasn't
1: it? Yes, this is independent of other known prognostic factors such as their bone turnover markers or their their um, haemoglobin levels. And very importantly, because a lot of patients in this age group have diabetes or, or are on lipid-lowering agents, it was actually independent of whether the patients already had a metabolic problem like diabetes or were they on metformin or were they on a statin. It was independent of all of those factors. In fact, when we looked at it, this signature looks a bit like metabolic syndrome. But the patients don't have clinical features of metabolic syndrome, so what we're really seeing is there's some metabolic abnormality going on with these patients, whether it was there in the beginning when they had prostate cancer, or whether it's evolved over time because they've had five or ten years of androgen deprivation therapy. We don't yet know that, but it looks druggable, and that's what's very exciting.
0: Okay, because that was one thing you said, was that it's great to find these things, but can you actually target them? So you think they can be targeted? What sort Absolutely. of drugs you looking
1: at? So we're actually looking at, tra- at targeting them with statin, which is, I mean, statins have been around for 30, 40 years. Um, they're easy to give. We know a lot about them. Millions of people around the world have had them. And looking at the profile, this looks like if we treat patients with a statin, we can reverse the poor prognostic lipid signature. So the next step is to actually say, well, what happens if we treat men in this situation? So we're doing a really, really simple study, which is we take a blood test, we look at their lipidomic profile, we give them three months of statins and we take another blood test and see if we changed it.
0: And that's your current study that you're doing yep. at the moment, isn't it? We're,
1: we're opening that study in a month's time, and it's really, really simple. It's can we reverse the signature? What's really going to take a lot of money and be a lot longer is if we can reverse the signature, does that change what happens to the men? So we're starting with the small study, but... Next, the series of studies that could ping off from that are really important.
0: So you want to determine, is it an association or a causation? Precisely, because
1: lots of people have done statin studies and they've been very, uh, people have done statin studies in advanced disease and they've gotten very mixed results. And our contention would be that they haven't known which patients to treat. So it's just like any other form of precision medicine, your, any effect will get lost or diluted if you're not picking the right patients to treat.
0: Excellent. And other, another thing is too, it really gives a lot of uh, a lot of kudos to the exercise movement, because you imagine exercise must change this environment. And you, you know, we almost the a lot of the exercise results what you think are well, too good to be. How can exercise reduce your risk of dying from prostate cancer? But you may have you've. have nailed the region that it's occurring. Absolutely. And
1: again, and was mentioned by a speaker in one of the sessions, you also want to be able to pick which patients should be doing more intensive exercise. We're looking at druggable targets, but just as easily this may be that this signature should be used to predict patients in whom an intensive exercise program would be beneficial. We don't know. It's one of those studies that's creating more questions than it's answering, but they're a whole pile of different and interesting questions that are complementary to the genomic studies looking at the cancer.
0: Excellent. Let's just hope they're NHMRC fundable then. Oh, (laughs) you you and and me both. (laughs) Thank you very much for joining me.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Talking urology at ANZUP. Proudly supported by Ipsum.